everyone. I'm Ari, here with Rachel, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 175, and we're joined by a guest as we ask, why do writers need perseverance? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Now, please help us welcome Kyle Robertson to the show. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much. It's really great to be here and very nice to meet both of you finally. I'm very much looking forward to this conversation. Well, I'm looking forward to the conversation too. But so before we go any further, would you like to tell everyone why you chose to discuss perseverance in writing? Sure. So the reason that I chose this subject in particular is because of another thing in my life that is very near and dear to my heart in, in addition to writing, which is karate. So I have been doing martial arts for probably, how old am I now? 31. God, I'm old. Um, (laughs) Going on like 15, 16, 17 years at this point. A long time since I was in my early teens. Uh, I'll spare everybody the the details about how and why that got started. That's not really why, why we're here, I suppose. But I will say that one of the things that I always talk about now, especially that I'm a third degree black belt, I teach several classes a week for younger kids, is that we teach a lot of values as well as how to punch and kick and defend yourself and all that good stuff. Karate is mostly about like becoming a better person to me. It's not all about that physical stuff, although it is very you know helpful and practical in today's world, I suppose. But one of the many values that we preach in addition to self-control and humility and all of those things is perseverance. It's one of the key things. And my own personal life journey has really reinforced that value to me because for most people, it takes them to get to black belt at the school and art that I practice in about three or four years. It took me about 10 because I, during that time, of course, went off to college for four years, was not really at home at all to practice any of this stuff. I also then moved out of the state. Currently, I live in Pennsylvania in the United States. I moved up to New York where there was no studio for me to practice at. So essentially, I took almost like seven years off from training in that where I could have been to where I am now, probably within that time. So I could have done it in like, you know, 12, 10 or 12 years rather than like 17. But Yeah, just the life journey that I went through and the many, many opportunities that I had to kind of give up on that, you know, and just say, well, this just isn't going to work out. It's not for me. I just don't have the time anymore. But for whatever reason, I just never did. I knew that I was going to stick with it. I knew that I was going to power through. I didn't care how long it took. And there's a lot of things in life that waiting like that would bother me. This didn't. I don't I still don't really know why. I don't thoroughly have a good explanation for why I stuck with it other than friendship and just pride in what I do and all that I suppose, but I, it struck me over the last several years that a lot of that relates to writing. I've written on and off for many many years since like high school at this point was when I started writing my first book. So probably like 20 years ago at this point. But uh, yes, it struck me that perseverance is really something that a writer needs as well. And that's a big part of why I chose this as a discussion. I'm sure we'll get more into why, so I don't want to spoil too much yet. I have family members who've done martial arts and obviously some have got up to black belt and some have got up to blue belt and some have kind of, they started, stopped, started, stopped. And it is one of those things where a lot of people may start it and then kind of fall off because as you said, you move, things change. And then if even if you manage to find another dojo, you have to feel like you connect with the, the teacher and the people with her. It's not just a case of, well, you just go anywhere. And it is one of those things that that easily slides away. And I never really thought about how much perseverance it would take to actually continue and go and get up to that level if you end up like yourself, where you stepped away for so long and then moved states and had to go to a different dojo completely. So that's quite impressive. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I will add, I bet that nobody who was listening knew that they were talking about karate uh, on this podcast today. (laughs) But just to add a little bit of that, you're absolutely right. Um, In the position that I am now, where I teach a few times a week, younger kids especially, we see a lot of that. We see this mentality. And again, I don't want to go too much into this because I want to get to the writing stuff. But we see a mentality today that a lot of people come into this really send their kids into this, right? With the idea that a black belt looks good on a college resume, and that's why they're here. So 
they come in, they do their three or four years or whatever it is, and then they're out, they're gone. And it's just such a shame because that sort of transactional relationship is just not to me what writing or martial arts is really about. These are passion projects. These are things that that involve self-discovery that you have to pour yourself into. So it just really disappoints me when I see that. But you're right. We do see a lot of that. We lose a lot of kids when they go off to college and they never come back. So there are very few people who actually stick it out and go like all the way up to even where I am now, if not beyond. Yeah, well, that's I agree with you. I think um, part of the reason why you went back to it was because it is something you're passionate about. And I think I think that's a really lovely story about perseverance. And it's not something I ever thought of because when we were kids, my sister wanted to do karate or some form of martial arts. And I took a like a free trial course with her once and we enjoyed it, but that's as far as we went with it. We never ended up going back. We never signed up for it. I mean, me personally, I wasn't too into it. I just did the free trial with her to keep her company. But it was I feel so called out because I tried playing soccer three times and the longest I lasted was three games. The other two times, I think I made it to two practices once. And then the final time, I didn't even make it through the first full practice. It just wasn't for me. I'm not athletic or anything like that. But then when you have something that's like writing, I started working on my book in, I always say I started my book in 2011, but I recently realized it wasn't 2011. It was 2013. So I actually feel a little bit better that I've only been working on it for 10 years rather than 12 years. But yeah, there is that perseverance that if you're, you get those feelings sometimes where you're like, why am I doing this? Is it right for me to be doing this? Is this the right path for me? But it's a passion project. And there's just something inside of you that tells you, you got to keep going. You got to finish this. Completely agree. Yeah. And hopefully to make you feel a little bit better, I didn't mean to call you out or anything, but there are things like that where some things you try just don't speak to you like that and don't motivate you to stick around. I think you you choose and you feel some of those things that are important to you, like writing, like uh, karate for me. So certain things just, I guess, resonate with you more than others. And you know, you want to like stick around for them, no matter how long it might take. Right. Well, I mean, as kids, that's why we try out all these different things, whether it's sports or some other activity. It's all trial and error. You got to figure out what's best for you and what you really excel at and what you really have fun with. I think one of the points of this uh, conversation we're going to be having is you still need perseverance, even if it's a passion project. And I think a lot of people don't realize that. So with that said, we're going to swing into the first question, which is why do writers need to have perseverance? if it is a passion project. So yeah, I can definitely at least try and speak to that a little bit. I'll be telling another story. I'll try and keep it short, I promise. Uh, If people haven't noticed, I do tend to talk a little bit much when I get excited about things. So my book for, I'm sure I'll, I'll probably mention it later, but my book, the only book that I have so far published is called The Showstopper. I released it originally back in 2014. It's gone through several facelifts since then, most recently in like 2020, because during the pandemic, I had not nothing to do than like fix my book. Anyway, the the story goes back all the way there. And essentially, I started working on this book almost 20 years ago at this point when I was in high school. That was where I first had this idea. That was where I first started working on it. I worked on it for years all through college, was very like passionate about just keeping up with this through college, through all of that, and ended up publishing it in 2014. Now, like I said, I've gone back and revisited it a couple of times, got a professional cover designed for it, got it professionally edited. It looks great now. I'm very happy with it. But I have not published anything, technically speaking, since 2014. That is still something that is really disappointing for me as a writer, but it's something that I've just learned to be okay with for a lot of reasons. But yeah, there are a lot of reasons for that and why I haven't been as productive. I mean, a lot of it was due to life changes and upheavals after college, like moving away, getting a job, then of course, moving back like I did, having a quarter life crisis, I call it when I was really when I was like 25, it was like perfect timing, you know, but it it did happen. I won't go too much into detail about that necessarily, but it was very much a thing. I really had no idea what I was going to do in my like mid to late 20s. And Went to grad school, as it turned out, was something that I decided to do just because I had always wanted to do writing as a degree, which I had not done in college. 
But I went back to grad school, got a degree in creative writing, a master's degree, and learned a lot in that program about myself, about my writing, about publishing, self-publishing, and other options. But yeah, so I've struggled with being productive in my writing for many years now. And it's because of all of these life things. And I know that for some people, it doesn't matter. Like writing is their like one thing in their life that they just focus on with, you know, just a burning fervor and do it every single day. They'll get up if it takes, if that's what it takes, they'll get up at like four or five in the morning so that they can have like an hour or two to write before going to work. But I, I tried things like that for a while. I really did to try and be more regular and try to do this every day and try to make it a job, you know, like so many people say, oh, if you have to be successful, if you want to be successful in writing, you have to make it a job. I, I hated that. I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. It would work for a little while and then I'd get sick of it and I'd have other things demanding my attention and I'd have issues keeping up with the like rigorous writing schedule that I set for myself. And I've come to a few conclusions and one of which is writing is hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it, I feel like every writer who has tried, who is, or anyone who's even tried to like write a book probably knows this, but sometimes it's just not going to work. Sometimes you're not into it. Sometimes you're not in the right headspace to do this. And that's okay. There are some people who I really admire who, no matter if they're feeling it or not, just go in and bang out a, like a thousand or 2000 words a day. And just like, that's amazing to me. I can't do that. I'm glad some people can. But not only is writing hard, but writing a book and doing all the things that that requires takes a really long time for some people. Again, I know many people who have written 100,000 word novels in six months and I'm like, that's not me. I can't do that, obviously, because I've started and stopped so many projects over the last like 10 or more years and just haven't finished or published anything. So I think that, and we can talk more about this, but I just think that you need to consider what you have a tolerance for, the stresses that factor into your work. And I'll go back to just something that I say in karate over and over and over again, which is, take me as an example. You know, if I can do it, anyone can do it. I've stuck with this for like 17 years, like half my life. And the only way that you're not going to succeed, the only way you're not going to get that black belt, the only way you're not going to finish that book, no matter how you want to publish it, is if you quit, is if you give up, it's if you don't do it, you know, I'm sure many writers out there have other things in their lives that they also like to do and prioritize. And I think I just, I mean, the main message is for, that I want to, that I want to spread and that I want people to understand is that's okay. You know, writing doesn't have to be a job. Yes, you will still feel, you know, you will still feel things about this. It will be difficult, but it doesn't have to consume all of your time and every waking moment. And yeah, you just kind of, if you're not one of those people, you just kind of have to learn to be okay with it. <laughs> it's not always easy. I have to say, when you said about like, writers who get up at like 5pm, we've had some of those on our podcast. <laughs> and it always gets me that people, because obviously if you're starting to write at 5am, you have to get up even earlier. And I like sleep. I don't know why these people don't like sleep. I like sleep. It's really good. I have a comfy bed. I'm not giving that up. But I think especially is is because that's that's pushed quite a lot, isn't it? Get up, work, write every day, write this many words. I've even seen people going, oh, so, you know, it's like, don't write too many words. If you only manage a thousand a day, that's okay. It's like, are you kidding me? That's a lot to some people. I mean, yes, maybe one day you write 7,000, but most people don't write a thousand a day. I know people do it at Nano, but isn't that the whole point? They cram it into one, one month most of the time. But I'm like that. I don't like daily word count. And I'm, I know, as you mentioned, that some people will just write every day. They'll just force themselves. And one of the reasons I don't like that is because they say, like, oh, just sit down, write. Even if it's crap, you can always re-edit it. But if it's really crap, you have to rewrite it. And that's a lot of time where I find if I take a couple of days off and fill the well up, when I write, it's not shit. I would rather write good stuff two or three times a week or forget 
three times a month than write crap every day and then have a couple of good days and have to do a lot of editing or rewriting on all this other stuff. But I find, especially in the writing community online, there is still this push that if you want to be a writer, you need to write every day. If you want to be a writer, you need to get up and write early. You need to write at lunchtime. You need to write when your kids are in bed. And it's like, that's a lot of writing. You know, it's like everybody's like sleep schedules different. Everyone's energy levels are different. You know, if I've got chores in the morning, I might not have enough time and energy to do it in the evening. So I just skip that day and I'll be fine. But there is kind of almost like a a little bit of societal pressure where if you want to be a real writer, you should be writing daily at 5 a.m. 14,000 words every day. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, honestly. Like, I'll save the uh, rant about how I feel about the writing community's advice for another podcast episode, perhaps. But suffice to say, and I'm not going to call anybody out in particular or badmouth anybody or any way of like, of approaching writing, essentially. But that kind of advice, as in some cases, well-intentioned as it might be, it just doesn't work for everybody. And I think you, you, we kind of have to accept that and that's okay. And I mean, I know that certainly at times you can't escape those sort of feelings where because I don't write every day, because I only get to it like maybe one or two times a week, I feel like I'm a pretender. I feel like I'm, you know, never going to actually get anything done or it's things like that. So, but I feel like that's the majority of people, right? I think there are a select few people who are these like writing supermen who can do this kind of thing. But like you said, you know, you like your sleep. I do too. I mean, I don't sleep anyway, but I'm certainly not going to take like take the excuse of when I wake up and with insomnia at four in the morning, I'm not going to get up and write like are you crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm just trying to, I'm, I try to convince people that it's really okay if you don't do these things, like these ideas of what makes a writer, you know, it's somebody who writes every day. It doesn't work for everyone. I've tried that many a time. I don't do NaNoWriMo. I know that that's like sacrilege to most people, but I just don't believe in it because I've tried it a couple of times, but arbitrary goals and deadlines have never worked for me. Some people can set themselves a goal or a deadline and stick to it. I can't. There's no, there, I know there's no punishment when I don't meet it because I'm me. So I'm just like, why, why does this matter? You know, it just doesn't motivate me. So because I can't or won't motivate myself like that, the only other, what's the word? The only other reason I've had to like keep doing this is just because I enjoy it, right? I've tried to be more okay with that. And sometimes it's still hard, but yeah, I completely agree. Like a thousand words doesn't feel like a lot every day, but it can be, especially if you're just not into it that day. And like you said, I'm definitely on the side of, I would rather write a thousand good words than a thousand crappy ones that I'm going to have to go back and fix later on. If I'm not in the zone to really do get do some good work, I'm not going to do it. It's just not who I am. You know, what I'm getting out of this conversation is I think a lot of people misinterpret the definition of perseverance because I was one of those people that woke up at the ass crack of dawn to get my writing done. And it was because I worked a full-time job and then I babysat in the afternoons. So I didn't really have any other time to get my writing done. And the writing community told me I needed to wake up early. I needed to make that time. So I did. And I'll be honest, it did work for me. It worked for me for a little while. But then when I quit my job and I started working from home full-time, I realized I don't need to get up at 5 a.m. anymore. I don't need to do these things. I can sleep in a little bit. And the routine changed. I don't write every single day because I agree with the two of you. I don't think anybody should be writing every single day because you do need to let your brain have a little bit of a break or, you know, just do something else creative if that really tickles your fancy. But I think after a little while, you can persevere with your writing in many different ways. And what works for you, like what worked for you six months ago may not work for you right now. So it's a lot of trial and error and you kind of need to figure out and refigure out your routine. And also every project is different too, because the type of like I write murder mysteries, but if I started switching over to fantasy writing, I'm sure the outlining process is going to look very different and the writing process is going to look different. The word count length is going to be different. So it's going to take me longer or shorter, depending. So I think a lot of people, when they think of perseverance, they think, okay, I need to do this and then this and then this 
and it's all in one fluid motion and it's very strict and tight knit, but that's really not it at all. Uh, You just need to keep at it no matter how you're keeping at it, if that makes any sense at all. I definitely think it does. And I really like what you said in that people misinterpret the definition of perseverance like that, at least when it comes to writing. I agree. And I'll try to think of a better word for that idea. But essentially, you're making your writing a job if you're trying to do that like every day, you know, and that's fine. Like for some people, it is that. But for me, I would love, ideally, if I could just have a job where I just, you know, wrote books for a living and got paid. Wouldn't that be lovely? Wouldn't we all love that? But I've kind of accepted and, you know, people out there listening can call me a pessimist, probably accurately, but that's okay. I accept that label. I've accepted the fact that I'm never going to make any money off my writing. I mean, could something happen at some point? Sure. But yeah, the, the facts are against you. Let's just put it that way. So I've kind of accepted that. And because of that, it's not a job to me. It is a hobby. It is something that I like to do. And it's kind of the same as as karate, where over the years, obviously, karate and martial arts is very, very important to me in a lot of ways. But over the years, I've had to draw lines with that too, because I'm teaching two nights a week, I'm taking classes two other nights a week. And because of that, then I would sometimes take extra classes on the weekends. And eventually, I just had to say no, no, enough. Like this is this is taking up all of my time. This is something that I like to do. It is not my life. Like my life encompasses so many things. My identity encompasses so many things. Being a writer is definitely one of them. Being a martial artist is definitely one of them. Being a marketing professional when I work all day in my day job is another one. And like you were saying, I work a full-time job, even though I do work from home, writing most of the day. The last thing I want to do once I get off work at night is write more. Most of the time, it is just not something that I want to do. It also has to do with environment, though. And I think we'll get into that uh, maybe a little bit later, uh, where and when and what you need to be able to write. But I just wanted to say, I think you really hit the nail on the head with that. Oh, yay. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, with all of that said, I I do think you're right how you... Yeah, what did you just say about it consuming your life. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, just not being your whole life, you know? Right, exactly. Because it gets to a point where, because I do agree with you, I have come to the conclusion that I don't want writing to be a job for me. I still want to write my books and self-publish them. And if I make a dime, hey, cool. But otherwise, I really just want to do it for myself. And I think that should be the goal for every writer. They really should just write for themselves first. And if they can make a career out of it, then absolutely good for them. But I'm kind of at the point that it's just oversaturated. And I don't mind doing the business side of things, but it's just too businessy now. And I just want to have the creativeness of it. So with all of that said, and because I think that's the other thing is your views on writing in general and your books is going to change over time. So what actually can affect a writer's perseverance? So I know I'm probably just speaking for myself personally, and maybe some people listening will identify with some of this stuff and maybe they won't. But these are just some of the things that have, like, in my experience, been things that affect me. For example, tolerance for stress and how you deal with it. I am a very like organized person. I pride myself on being very organized, very on top of things. I try most of the time not to like cross the border into like control freak. I think I've gotten better about that over time. But I definitely like organization and like, you know, budgeting my time wisely and all that chaos is something that I just can't abide or stand in my life or anywhere. So I really try to minimize it as much as possible. I know that when there is chaos in my life and things don't go according to my schedule in my head, I get stressed out. So that's just one of the many things you just have to know about yourself and, you know, be more cognizant of be to take note of these things and know what things bother you or trigger you or whatever and how you can deal with it. And part of that, as I was kind of alluding to uh, when we were talking about the last subject, was in terms of your environment as a writer. Some people I know love to write in public, like they go out to cafes, they have, you know, like people all around them when they write and all that, or they write with groups or they do any number of like a lot of things. Some people listen to music while they write. I can't do any of those things. For me, writing is a very solitary, quiet affair. 
I am usually alone in my house with dead silence. That is the only way I can do this. If there is anything distracting me, if it's music, if it's noise outside, anything else really, I, I know I'm just going to get distracted and not get anything done. So again, that's just, I might be an outlier there, but it's just something that I know about myself. And you have to know what makes you happy too and what gets you in the mood and the atmosphere to be able to write. Um, another thing is finding a routine for yourself, like I was saying with organization and time management and all that. Either not sticking to a routine can be bad, but also, as we've talked about before with the whole daily word count deadlines and all that, trying to stick too hard to a routine can also be toxic and bad for your writing and your productivity and your self-esteem. Because I set myself at the beginning of like last year a goal that I was going to write a thousand words a day. Like come hell or high water, I was going to write a thousand words a day. I stuck with that for three weeks before I said enough, I can't do this anymore. And it just was driving me crazy. And a couple of days in there that I just couldn't because life got in the way, I felt really bad about myself because of that. But eventually I was just like, no, you know, I, I just can't do this for a lot of reasons. It's just not going to work for me. And that, you know, among many other things kind of started me on my journey to, I don't know about self-actualization yet, but certainly in the last few years, I've gotten much more comfortable with who I am as a person and what things make me happy and being okay with, with those things. So yeah, that's definitely been a huge factor for me. And I'll stop there because I do have other things that I could mention, but I just, you know, would love to hear your thoughts on that too. I do agree with you about how you should have some sort of routine, but not like stick to it like glue because like things do change and every day is different. You never know what's going to happen. I do. I go to the cafe once in a while with my sister to write, but it's, it's funny. It's not necessarily like, I don't necessarily need noise to get my writing done, but the cafe is busy enough that it's kind of like white noise in a way. But I will admit there are some days that my sister and I go there and we are hyper productive and we churn out those words. And then there are other days where we just sit there and chit chat with each other. Or we try to work, but we throw little balls of paper at each other and stuff. It's like a crapshoot every time we go. And, uh, you know, the first few times we started going, the days that we didn't get anything done, we were like, man, we kind of wasted our time. Like, what were we doing? But we weren't really wasting our time at all. We we went out, we had coffee, we talked, and we just had a good time. And we just had a little bit of a break, which was nice. And I think, because I think the guilt factor is something that's so huge. When you don't follow that routine, or you say you're going to reach a thousand words a day, but you only got to 500. It's like, well, I wasted the whole day. I did absolutely nothing. And it's like, no, 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 you still did something. And I always said from the moment I started writing, I always said any progress is progress. I never listened to it myself, but it's true. I will tell the rest of you any progress is progress. <laughs> Completely agree. Completely agree with that. And that kind of goes toward like other things that I would say affects perseverance, some of which is preconceived notions of what makes you a writer. We were talking about the, you know, Twitter advice sphere and all that. And like I said, although some of those pieces of advice may be very well intentioned, in the end, don't let somebody else determine what makes you a writer or not. I feel like, I mean, I have my own definitions, but I think you decide whether or not being a writer is part of your identity. I don't think you should ever let anybody else decide that for you by saying, oh, well, if you don't get up at 4 a.m. every morning, if you don't write a thousand words per day, if you don't do this or that, you're not really a writer and you're not really going to be successful because I don't think that's true. I mean, in a lot of ways, are those people who really stick to it and are more productive, can they be more successful? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that just doesn't work for everybody. And that's not everybody's goal. And I think more people should respect that. I agree. I think especially with that, things online, no matter how much we say, don't compare yourself to other people, don't look at what anyone else is on their journey because you don't know what they've got to do. You know, they might be literally no responsibilities, no worries. That's why they can do all that. And then you'll have other people where they've got like four kids and they're carers and they've got two jobs. And it's like everyone's 
everyone's in their own journey. But it is hard when you're online and you're seeing people going, thought 4,000 words this morning, or I'm publishing my third book this year. And you're thinking, it's May. Are you kidding? And you do kind of have that. And then on top of that, like you guys said, the guilt, if you don't hit your word count when you've done it, if you don't hit your deadline. And I'm very much like you. I know you mentioned it earlier. I don't work with deadlines because I'm like, I'm a grown-up. I can just ignore that. It's like when they said, you know, you can't have a cookie unless you've gone out for a run. Well, I can just have a cookie. It's right there. I'll just tell myself I can have a cookie and I'll run later. It's that kind of, it doesn't work unless somebody's like holding it over you. And even then, I don't think that works for me. You know, the whole accountability, because I would just ignore them (laughs) and be like, I don't care. I'm going to go and eat a cookie and not do my writing. Ari, do you remember we did sticker charts together? Oh yeah, that lasted, what, two months, if that? And I think most of the time I just kept failing miserably. We kept, yeah, we had stick, because we meet for the podcast at least once a week. So we made sticker charts and we were like, whenever we get some writing done, even if it's just for five minutes, we'll put a sticker on the day. And every time we meet for the podcast, we'll show each other our calendars. And I think maybe for the first week we were like, look at what I did. And then after that, it's like, do you have anything on your calendar? No, yeah, me neither. Don't look at it. Like just we're we're like don't worry. Exactly, exactly. But I just want to, I just want to roll it back to like you said, you don't listen to music. Everything's silent. It's really strange. When I was first started writing, when I was like a teenager and in my twenties, I listened to music, but I listened to specific music. I had like two CDs that were on repeat. Because I tied myself into that. Like, as soon as I heard it, it triggered me going, oh, right, I'm ready to write. You know, they say, like, if you sit down in a certain place, if you set yourself up, it gets you in the headspace. And then I got to a point where I couldn't write with the music because I was writing the lyrics and finding I was singing along. So that lasted a couple of years and then I had to stop. And then I went for silence for ages. And now, because I have noisy neighbors and bad noise on on the road, I now have to have very soft classical music. So no lyrics. So I can't sing. And I have to have that. And I think that's something people don't realize that they change. So what worked one time doesn't always mean it's going to work the next time. And I think if you're not aware of that change, sometimes you can fall into that rut of just like, oh, I'm not getting anywhere with my writing. I'm struggling to get my word count out. And it could be because something has changed and you need to work with that and change with it. But you're not always aware of it. Yeah. And I think there are two other things that kind of go along with that, that I did want to mention, which is number one, depending on how into your story you are and how excited you are about what you're writing, that can affect your perseverance as well. I mean, I was talking about how I had kind of gotten into a rut for a while there where between like my grad school and my moving out to New York and back and other things that were going on in my life at the time, I must have started and stopped like three different novels or probably more. And they're just all sitting in like various stages of completion because I would start writing it. And I'm also not a person who can work on multiple projects at one time. I need to do one. I need to do it all the way through. And then I can move on and think about something else. I just can't function with switching back and forth between multiple different things for a lot of reasons. But I think that when those things happen, And it it depends on how into the story you are. For several years, I was pursuing different stories that I would, you know, I would start writing and then I would get to a certain point where I was just like, well, I'm not really that into this. I don't know where I'm really going with this, but I'm still going to just force myself to keep working on it and keep going. And eventually I just got tired of that. And I said, no, like if I'm not, if I'm not really feeling this, then the writing's not going to be good. And if the writing's not going to be good, I'm wasting my time. So I started and stopped many different stories like that. And honestly was still going through that issue until about like the end of last year when I finally hit upon something that I was like, oh my God, like this is it. This is such a great idea. This is the story that I want to work on. And I've been working on that ever since. And still, you know, even though it's been tough at times, for sure, I'm still feeling very, very good about it. I'm very enthusiastic and excited about that. So that certainly helps as well. Not saying I'm never going to go back to those other things. It's just, you know, not the right time right now for a lot of reasons. And another thing that sort of ties into that and sort of helps is support systems, right? Like whether it's your friends or family, you too, you know, with your sticker charts, whether or not that works out, but just being friends and like, you know, having people to talk about these issues with really makes a huge difference. So for me, that takes the form of, aside from the random conversations I have with other 
writer friends during the week. That takes the form of on Thursday night, I'm actually part of a online writing sprint group. So shout out to that group. If any of them are listening, they know who they are, where we meet up for a couple hours on Thursday night with people from like all across the country, honestly, like different time zones and all that all meet up online on Discord. And we do writing sprints for a couple hours on Thursday nights. And, you know, we'll be commenting back and forth in between our like downtimes from writing as like, oh, you know, here's how many words I wrote. Here's how many words I wrote. Great job. You're doing awesome. Here's a little part of the story that I was writing. Oh, that sounds really cool. That sort of thing. We're not trying to hold each other to word counts. We're not trying to do anything other than be a good space for people, be a fun place that encourages them to be productive, gives them that sense of community and inspires them to, you know, write on essentially. So I've managed to, if I don't do anything else during the week, that is my one time that I will not compromise. That is always in my schedule that I do every single week. So I know every Thursday night, I'm going to be writing for like two or three hours. A lot of times that's the only writing I do during the week, but still that's a fair bit of writing. I mean, uh, especially when I'm really feeling into it, I can write like two or 3000 words in one night. And I feel like that's pretty good. But aside from that, not really trying to hold people to word counts or anything like we were saying before, but just having that specific time with that specific group that I know is very supportive and will encourage me and makes me feel good. That's one of the things that makes the biggest difference to me because aside from them, the friends I have quote unquote in real life and my parents and family even they're you know supportive of my writing but they don't really get it you need people to get it yeah well that's like I have a supportive family too but they they don't really get it either like my dad will if an author comes to the school he works at he'll get his business card and he'll hand me the business card and say maybe he can publish you and I'm like oh thanks and I take the business card I don't have the heart to tell him that that's not how it works because I've tried in the past and he just he doesn't get it but he tries Uh, my sister is also a writer so we have that connection and now my cousin has decided she wants to try writing a book so the three of us went to the cafe a couple of weeks ago and that was a shit show but we were semi-productive but yeah so I I definitely do agree with you you do need to have support from friends, family, or the writing community or something. I think it's so nice that you guys uh, get together every Thursday and have writing sprints. Like, that's so great. Because what a, what a nice little group to be part of, because whether you do any writing or not, you still have like-minded people and you can still help each other with your novels and discuss, hey, I'm stuck on this one piece, or I wrote this line. I don't even know if it makes any sense. You got like built-in beta readers. Exactly. I've just found that to be super helpful. I've been doing that and been part of that group for probably like three years or maybe more now. And it has made a huge difference in terms of me feeling good about my writing. And like I said, even if that's the only writing I do during the week, at least I know that that's going to happen, that I did it. And like I said, it's something that I just, you know, make sure that I am always there for and I won't compromise on unless there's really something like really, really important that needs to happen. So just having that makes me feel better about all of these issues. So if people out there if you're a writer and you just feel like you don't have a support group like that, I mean, there are a lot of places you could potentially go. Hopefully you do have at least a few connections writing wise that you can talk to about these things. But I would encourage you to try to find them if you don't have them, because it's it makes such a difference for your morale and definitely helps with the whole perseverance issue, I think. I think that's important, support especially, because not everybody has in real life friends and family who are supportive. And having it online is just as good. There's no issue with that. And obviously, because of online, you can get people from around the world and get full new perspectives from so many different people. And I think a lot of people, especially new writers, worry about reaching out to other writers to say like, hi, you know be part of the community and it, I think it's because this is the idea it's like how do you suddenly become part of the community you know you just wander up going hi do you want to be friends and it's like that's why social media is so useful because you can follow writers I mean writers all use the same freaking hashtags it's very easy to find us and then you can leave comments and you can make you know connect people I mean Rachel and I met on our blogs is that right Rach I can't even remember it was wasn't it and obviously Kyle we met you on Twitter for when the game was on Twitter and we have, and so many of our guests have been through the Twitter game and we've stayed in contact with a lot of those people and we have people on our blog. And it was simple. We had blogs, they had blogs. We just sort of commented on each other's and then you kind of build up connections with people. 
And then it moves to Zoom chats or team chats and, and emails. And that's all it takes, just a few people. And you don't need like a massive community. You don't need a huge team of people. You just need one, two, three people who understand what it's like to be a writer. And it doesn't even have to be exact. Like, as Rachel said, she's a mystery writer, cozy mystery writer. I'm a fantasy writer. We write different things. And yet we really connect. We live in different countries. Our age range is very different. And yet we still find it really easy to talk about our stuff. That's why we do the podcast together. And I think, yeah, I think making the effort to get out of your comfort zone, because let's be honest, a lot of writers are introverts, a lot of writers are shy. Get out of the comfort zone and try and create a little community or join a community is so important. Definitely agree. And like you said, I know it's not always easy, but I've made some of my best friends and best connections in terms of writing just from having a good conversation with somebody or via like, you know, Twitter comments back and forth, and then just sending them a message and being like, hey, can we be friends? Basically, you know, not really much more sophisticated than that. But like, I know several people have reached out to me that way. I'm always happy to do that. And obviously, with like everything going on in my life, I, you know, can't always talk to a great extent, but I'm always happy to have people do that and talk to them about whatever they want to talk about and help if I can. So I've made a lot of friendships that way. So yeah, I would encourage people to not not be shy about that you know I think a lot of people are looking for those kind of connections and friendships too so I would encourage you to yeah take advantage of social media and do that I have a lot of complicated feelings about social media but it does it do some good in that it brings people together like that yeah we all have a love-hate relationship with social media but it does definitely have some good points to it and I did want to like backtrack a little bit when you said that obviously your perseverance helps if you find a story that you're happy with and that you stick with it. I actually came to that conclusion, I don't know, a couple of years ago, because as I mentioned before, I've been working on the same cozy mystery novel for like 10 years now. And every once in a while when I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm never going to get it published, blah, 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 whatever. I kind of remind myself, you are actually still writing this same damn book. It's not like I got it and I started it and was like, nah, forget this. And I tried something else. Like I am still working on the same thing. So there's something in my brain that is like, just freaking finish it. Just get it done. But yeah, because I do, I enjoy the I enjoy the characters. I enjoy the research process. So it definitely helps if you enjoy what you're doing. And I'm not saying that if you don't enjoy the book that you're currently writing, I'm not saying that you need to scrap it or you need to stop it. You just might be writing it at the wrong time. Like you might still come back to that idea at another point. But if you really want to keep up with your writing and get into a semi-routine or a not routine with it, try writing different things to keep your mind fresh and keep the creativity going. Yeah, also completely agree with that. I said earlier that I have several novel drafts in like various stages of completion, probably almost like half a dozen, and started writing them. But for whatever reason, the time that I was writing it, how I started and went about it, like things that I just found that I needed to do more research on, things that I felt I needed to think out a little more ideas that just weren't completely formed and I didn't like where the story was going. So I kind of said, not abandoned them or like, you know, threw them in the trash and just like, okay, I'm going to come back and revisit this another time. So it really helps when you find that one. And sometimes, you know, you really do feel like really enthusiastic about it. Other times you then, you know, you look back 10 years later and like, oh my God, I'm still working on this. But Either way, it just shows you that this is something that you're really passionate about. This is something that you care about. And for whatever reason that you may be feeling this way at one time or another, that's something that I feel you just need to stick with in order to feel good about it. It really, really does help for sure. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, I mean, I've one of my stories, it's not a single novel, it's a series. And I think that's why it's been 20 years. I'm sure, my age now. Because it's, it, I, know, I wrote the first book and then I rewrote the first book because I, I, I got to the end of it and then I decided I didn't like it. So I just ripped it apart, rewrote it. And I've rewrote it three times now. And I'm actually happy mostly with how it is. I don't think I'm going to rewrite it again. And I've also written thousands of scenes that have gone you know for the rest of the series and I recently started to filter those scenes into Scrivener files 
And I start to realize that I've got like 14 book ideas and most of those files have 20 plus thousand words written. So it's not like I've been writing, you know, it's taken 20 years and I've just rewritten the same book over and over. There's other things in there, which is good. But obviously it can, it can still be quite overwhelming when you've got, like I said, all these ideas. Even if you put them to one side to write one story, they sit in the background. When are we going to get written? When are we going to get written? And it's hard to get through. So in a very roundabout way, we're going to go to our next question, which is how do you avoid burnout without affecting your perseverance? Because I think almost all writers go through burnout at one point. Definitely. So I know that that's something that I struggle with. As I mentioned before, being a mostly uh, writing focused career by day, and then trying to find additional time to work on my writing, either in the evenings or on my weekends when I'm not trying to work. It's been very difficult. And there have been times where I have just, you know, not written at all for several weeks, just because I'm not feeling into it. The Thursday night sprint group has definitely helped with that over time. But there were times where I would just take, you know, a month or two off from my writing and just be like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this, because I'm just not feeling up to it at this point. But I think that just to kind of summarize some of the other points that I've been making as to how to avoid burnouts um, and persevere through the tough times and all of that, I think some of the things that we've talked about here will definitely help, like avoiding setting arbitrary deadlines for yourself and your writing goals, unless that's your thing. Like we said, some people do love that. Some people thrive on that sort of thing. But I found it's not my thing and it's definitely not everybody's thing. So I would say if that's not your thing, don't try to push yourself or let anyone make you feel like that's what you have to do in order to quote unquote, be a writer. I would also therefore recommend scheduling of at least a few times during the week, even if it's just one night a week, like we've been saying here, where you can write uninterrupted and try to at least stick to that. It certainly helps if you're doing it with other people. Because then maybe they help hold you accountable. Maybe you have another reason to go other than I need to work on my writing, you know, so I, I can see these people. At least that's another way of going about it. And because of that, if you can stick to something like that, even one time a week, don't feel bad about not writing every day and not, you know, trying to get to it every single day. Because I know there are other times during the week that I find where I do try to write. It doesn't always happen that way. So when it doesn't, I feel a little bit bad. But then I remember, oh, yeah, but I've got Thursday night. I'm looking forward to seeing all of my friends and getting some stuff done then. And those nights aren't always as you know productive as I would necessarily like them to be, depending on the headspace that I'm in. But I think that does definitely help. I would also say take breaks when you need to. As I was saying, and sometimes I would take several weeks or even months off from writing back in the day when I just wasn't feeling it. But know that you'll always eventually come back to that story when you're ready. I mean, no matter where the idea is in the stages of putting it together or how you're feeling about it in the moment, just, you know, don't throw it out or do anything, you know, destructive like that. Just put it to the side. If you're not feeling it, just save, you know, your, save what you've worked on and you can always come back to it later. Like it's not going anywhere. And also, like I was saying, making sure you do other things you enjoy as well as writing. I mean, certainly for some people, writing is their whole life and that's awesome. And I won't, you know, begrudge anyone that. But as I said, I feel like for a lot of people, myself included, being a writer is just part of my identity. It is not the entirety of my identity. I have many other things that are important to me. I do martial arts. I go to the gym. I try to keep in shape as best I can. I love going outdoors and doing stuff like hiking, for example. I'm a big gamer, not in terms of video games, but in terms of like other sorts of, you know, in-person tabletop gaming is more my thing. So that's another, that's another big element of who I am. So all of these things make a part of who you are. So if writing is among them and you're not feeling like you're doing enough or writing every day, just remember it's not all of who you are. It's something you like to do. It's not everything. I think that was really good. Just the, like little things because it's like we all suffer from burnout and I think we, we feel guilty, don't we? It's like even though you know you have to stop because you're suffering, there's that guilt. It's like, oh, the novel's still there. It still needs to be written. Why haven't I stopped? And if you start doing other creative things or if you leave it for a while, it's something that a lot of writers do where they just 
they can't stop thinking about like, well, I should be writing. I should be writing. Even though this is what I've always found. If I take time off after the maybe the first few weeks or month when your brain just keeps going, you should be writing. Oh my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? You sort of put it to the back of your head and you let it percolate while you do other things. And I always find when you eventually get past the burnout and come back, you end up with more ideas because it's been quietly just bubbling away in the back of your mind. And I don't think people appreciate doing that enough, even though it happens to most of us. Yeah, I've actually been saying that when I start a project, I tend to like focus on it and try not to go work on other things. But that's not always true. There have been times, like I said, you know, obviously, there are stories that I have started to write and have gotten sidetracked from or stopped and started something else for one reason or another. And if if that's what it takes to get you kind of in a better headspace and maybe then go back to whatever else you were working on eventually with some new ideas, that's fine. Like, I, I definitely embrace that. I think that's a good thing, too. And like we were saying, if you do switch back and forth between projects, I mean, I don't I try not to do it too often, but it can happen. But I at least always try to be working on something, even if it's like one day a week. You know, I, I try not to say, oh, I'm just not going to write it all this week. It's just even if it's just that one night a week, I'm like, even if I'm not feeling this particular thing that I'm working on right now, I'm going to work on something else instead. One of these things that's like been put on the back burner many times. So I always try to do something. I try not to just completely abandon things anymore, especially because I have so many story ideas that are sitting there unfinished. But I definitely wouldn't feel bad about it if you just need to take a vacation entirely from your writing either. Because like you said, I do think it's true. When you come back, you have a ton more ideas than you did before usually because you're always thinking about it. And I would also say in terms of summarizing everything here that talking about it with friends or other writers, again, really helps when you're feeling burned out, when you're feeling discouraged. I know I've felt that way many times, but the writers that I know, the sprint group that I do writing sprints with every week and other people have always kind of helped pick me back up and like, no, 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 this is good. Like you should keep doing this. I'm really enjoying it. Just hearing somebody say they're like enjoying hearing more about your story, even if they're not reading the whole thing really, really helps. So I think that's a big part of it too. And also my, I think, overarching theme here about perseverance is that life happens. Don't feel guilty or let other people tell you that you should be feeling guilty about letting other things get in the way. Because in the end, you decide what's best for you. You decide whether you're a writer or not, and you should decide how much time you want to devote to this, how much of your life it should take up. And once you make that decision, don't feel guilty about it. (laughs) That's, I think, what I'm trying to tell people. That's well said. I wholeheartedly agree. It's obviously easier said than done to not feel guilty about it, but it's so true. And I think it is great to talk to other writers about what you're going through. I mean, I don't know if Ari would ever be interested in this, but we should just do a raw podcast of us before we actually record. When we have our podcast meetings, we just like go on and on about our writing or our lack of writing. <laughs> and and it's great. It really helps you to get things out. And as you said Kyle, earlier about having just like one time a week to get some writing done, even if you don't get done as much as you want to, you're still thinking about it. So the ideas are still churning and the gears are still working in your brain. So it's still something. And that's something to be proud of, regardless the fact that you try. Because I think you mentioned it earlier is that you only fail if you quit. You said it much better than I just did. I forget exactly what you said. Yeah, I always tell people like in case you for some reason had missed it earlier that the only way that you're not going to do this, whether it's writing or really anything else in your life is if you quit. I mean, as long as you're accepting and okay with the fact that it's going to take a while, that it's going to be something you're working on for maybe years of your life. That's the commitment I think that it takes in order to be successful like as a writer, I think that, okay, so if I can say one thing about like, you should do this to be successful as a writer that I can say as a blanket statement and not feel bad about, is that you shouldn't give up. It's that whatever you need to do in order to fight those feelings of imposter syndrome and hopelessness and just thinking that you're, you know, never going to make it, you're never going to finish this, you will just don't give up on it, do whatever you have to do to keep going. You said something earlier when you were saying how like 
you talk to your friends and you know sometimes you'll like share information and everything and having someone say I really like the idea of your story I want you I want you to finish because I want to read it when I was a long long time ago when I used to write I had a writer friend I was connected to and we would share scenes back and forward we would we always wrote in scenes and every time we spoke we would send each other just like a little scene like a little small excerpt of something and having someone say oh my god I really like that character or oh my god what happens next is such a big boost I've just realized I don't have that as much anymore and it's it's so silly especially if you have burnout or if you if you are starting to have really bad imposter syndrome or if you can't get past your perfectionism that just just it's like, oh, it's never good enough. It's never good enough. Having someone say, actually, I can't wait to read it. Could you finish it? Because I, I am dying to know what happens between this character and this character. So I think, yeah, I, I know writers can be a little bit paranoid and we can be a bit like holding tight to our writing. I know a lot of writers we talk to don't like sharing stories. I mean, a lot of them, they don't have websites. They don't want to put even like snippets or excerpts on their social media, not even like a little paragraph because it's like, oh no, no. And it's like, I think that's so important because you can get like instant feedback. And okay, it might be someone saying, I don't get it or what's going on in this scene. But even that can be quite useful. Just the fact that people are reading it. But yeah, just well, that just that just took me back about how easy I found writing when I was younger because we were just each other's cheerleaders. We did actually love each other's work and we were always, oh, have you written that next bit? You know, where that that thing happened? And even like years later, we would talk and she would always remember character names I'd forgotten about from a, you know something I'd stopped writing. And she's like, I never did know what happened with such as, I'm like, who the hell is that? And then I'd go back and it's like, oh God, yeah, it's that minor character I'd written in this, in this small story ages ago and I hadn't finished it. And she would remember it. And it really stuck with me and it always helped me keep going with writing because I was like, wow, somebody wants to read it. And that's the the thing. There will be someone out there in the world who wants to read your story. I know people have this idea that who's going to want to read it? There will be someone. I guarantee every book has an audience. Yeah, very much agreed. And like you said, kind of easier said than done, I guess, with forming those support groups, it can be difficult, especially if you are not always comfortable with, you know, reaching out to random people via social media, or however you connect with people, or if you don't have one, but I would highly recommend that you at least take a little bit of time to see if you can find a group like that, or even if you have just a few close friends who are willing to, you know, read what you write and tell you what they think, even if they're not writers themselves. I think it's just so important to have that because, yeah, I also understand the curse of like perfectionism very well. I'm like that too. It used to be a lot worse. I'm still working on it, obviously, but it used to be a lot worse. And I would never show anybody my writing unless, oh my, oh my goodness, no, unless it's like in its perfect like form that I'm just so proud of and I'm like ready to share it with the world. I wouldn't share it with anybody. And since joining this group, it definitely changed my mind where I was like, okay, it's okay to share things, even if they're not in their finished form, because even if it's not perfect, and even if they have some like constructive criticism, I know these people want the best for me. And I know they want me to succeed. And they tell me that, oh, I can't wait to read this story. So that just that feels so good. That's really the only motivation I need personally to keep going. I think we all kind of need that boost from people. And like you said, it's not always easy to find those groups. I know like obviously Facebook has certain groups you can join and, and things like that. But I think if you if people are struggling, what I definitely recommend is just reach out to some writers, even if it's just leaving some you know thoughtful comments on their social media, reaching out through the contact page on their blog just discussing some of the things they've done obviously just you know it's most people most writers i've found if you reach out to them they're quite willing to be chatty especially about writing so yeah i think definitely try and reach out to people you never know you might find your new best friend by doing that okay with that i think we've covered quite a lot kyle it's been absolutely brilliant having you on the show i hope you enjoyed it and you know before you go please do share something about yourself do a bit of pimping about your story and your website Yes. Well, thank you very much for having me on. It's been really fun. And again, really nice to finally get to meet both of you. So as everyone knows here who's been listening, my name is Kyle Robertson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at krobnovelist, or I have a Facebook page, Kyle Robertson Novelist as well. I also have a website, kylerobertsonnovelist.com, though I do hope to have a new one coming soon. The one that I have right now is quite old, and I'm hoping to give it a little bit of an update at some point in the near future. 
future. So stay tuned for that. I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in the United States. I work by day in the marketing department of an online financial college as a writer, podcast producer, and social media manager. As I mentioned before, I'm also the self-published author of a single book so far, The Showstopper, which is a historical fiction thriller murder mystery. And I hope that in the future, I will have many other releases coming both traditionally and self-published. The Showstopper is self-published. I'm a big champion of self-publishing personally. I'm also a freelance editor. So if anyone knows anyone out there, especially somebody who's looking to be self-published who wants a good editor, I'm really happy to always work with new clients on that. So you can get in touch with me about that as well via social media or however else. A few of my favorite genres to read and write in would be science fiction, fantasy, horror, mystery, thriller, and some humor writing too, which is kind of one of my current project subjects. And outside of my writing, I've of course mentioned some hobbies, including martial arts, games of all different varieties, music, as in playing some guitar, hiking, traveling around the world, and Spartan racing. So really appreciate all of you having me on the show. And yeah, it's been really fun. Thank you. Can I just ask, what is Spartan racing? Oh, so it's basically like intensive obstacle course racing. I have never actually done one yet, but I've kind of been in training a little bit to do one, my first one this summer. And it's going to be about like three mile course through the woods. And essentially there's like 20 different obstacles. You have to do all kinds like Sometimes crawling in under wire, climbing over walls, carrying heavy things, th those sort of things. So hopefully I won't die. I'll let you all know. <laughs> that just took me back to when I was at college because I did a course and it was like intense physical activity. And we had to go to an army ranger course, like the obstacle course. And it was hell, if I'm honest, hell, trying to get up walls and under wire and oh Wow, that just that just takes me back. Well, I'm interested to see how I'll do. But uh, yeah, this is just something I've wanted to do for a long time and try. And a few people I know pushed me to try it. So yeah, I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. <laughs> to be honest, it makes running more interesting by throwing obstacles in the way. So I can understand that. It does. It does. I run a lot, but I also don't really enjoy it. The only reason I do it is because I know it's good for my health. So I wouldn't do it otherwise. Well, thank you so much again for joining us on the podcast. Obviously, we will make sure that all Kyle's links and details are in the description below. In the meantime, we'll turn it over to you guys. How important do you think perseverance is for writing? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can have a chat about it. Remember, we release new episodes every Wednesday and next week we'll be discussing word counts and whether they matter or not. I think we already know our opinion on that, but I'm sure we'll add some extras. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. And as always, thank you for listening to the Mary Writer Podcast. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Sticky Notes. Our walls are covered. The music title Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.